Hello, and welcome to the Folklore and Fiction Podcast. My name is Kelly McCath-Morin. I'm a PhD candidate in the Folklore Department at Memorial University of Newfoundland, and I'm also a speculative fiction writer under the pseudonym C.S. McCath. The Folklore and Fiction Podcast and Dispatch synthesize these passions with a focus on folklore scholarship aimed at storytellers. You'll find the Folklore and Fiction archive along with the rest of my work online at folkloreandfiction.com. Interested listeners will find a link to the current dispatch in the show notes, where a more comprehensive record of this episode can be found, including a bibliography and other references. This episode of the Folklore and Fiction podcast was first published as a newsletter in May 2020. I'm recording it as a supplemental podcast now so that new listeners and subscribers have an opportunity to engage with the material. In it, I'm writing about folk customs, with help from scholars Richard Sweaterlish and Wayland Hand, author Naomi Novik, and friends Vignes Anderson and Svein Sveverson, among others. This edition of the newsletter marks a departure from folkloric belief and the beginning of a broad strokes introduction to various folklore genres designed to fill the rest of the year. Each of the upcoming topics is widely studied by folklorists, but because they're less immediately applicable to writers, I'll only be glossing them. However, the structure of the newsletter will remain the same, and my hope is that you'll find something useful in the material for world-building, setting, and dialogue. Next year, I'll be starting something altogether new. Folkloric Discussion of Folk Customs Customs are traditional and expected ways of doing things, and they're performed with enough regularity that they become part of a group's social conventions. Calendrical customs are associated with particular times of the year. Rites of passage are associated with life transitions. Festivals may honor notable individuals or commemorate significant events. And other customs may be related to beliefs held in common by a group. Folk customs occupy a middle ground between oral traditions like storytelling and material culture like pottery. And they emphasize group interaction rather than individual skills and performances. They may be large-scale in general, like Christmas celebrations, or they may be specific and local, like an annual festival memorializing a village's founding mother. They tend to cross categories as well. An example of this can be found in the English folk custom of telling bees about a death in the family, which is arguably part of the deceased's last rite of passage and part of a belief that, quote, failure to inform the bees of a death, particularly the death of the master, would cause them to either die or depart, end quote. I recently reached out to Icelandic friends Svein Svaverson and Vigdis Andersson for more information about another rite of passage, one I encountered while visiting them in 2017. They had just welcomed their second child into the world, but while I had an opportunity to meet and hold him, I didn't learn his name until some weeks later. This is because in Iceland, it is customary for parents to keep secret the name of a newborn child until he is baptized. Svein writes that, quote, Back in the day, people did not want the name of the child being passed around for gossip before the name and the child could be blessed by Jesus. However, as a result, the word skirn, baptism, is commonly confused with name-giving. And a lot of people use the word skirn when naming pets, airplanes, and ships. But there's also a lot of people fighting against the broadening of the meaning, so you hear some people complaining, saying, you're not really baptizing that airplane, you just gave it a name, end quote. Vigdis discusses the custom as it relates to her family's practice of it, writing that, quote, In relation to our own boys' names, we weren't firm on the names 100% when they were born, and I personally wanted to get to know them better to be sure I felt they fitted them. 
That being said, I didn't feel that Sababar fitted the younger one. That's why I insisted on calling him by his middle name Dietrich. But now I think he rocks that name, and call him that every now and then, though Dietrich is primary. End quote. Svein adds, quote, In my personal opinion on when to tell the name of the child is that it is the normal thing to do to tell the name after a while or during some sort of ceremony, which could be a baptism or a name-giving ceremony or party, end quote. This example of folk custom gives us a lot to unpack. Historically, it was important to preserve the child and his name from negative gossip, and this was done by recording... This episode of the Folklore and Fiction podcast is a preview, and you can listen to the full episode on the Folklore and Fiction website. Just click on the dispatch link in the show notes, or go to folkloreandfiction.com and sign up for a free account. Thanks very much for your interest. Copyright 2019-2023. Kelly S. McCath-Morin. All rights reserved unless Creative Commons licensing is specifically applied.